how risky is it to have a child in this day and age? I leave shifts feeling devastated. It's usually two midwives to 26 women or 26 women and babies because they just haven't got the midwives to sustain that. So not only are you not able to care for the women that you've got in, you're not able to facilitate their choices. There is evidence to support that going into hospital is less safe than having a home birth. I've had women, you know, break down in tears because they had such bad birth trauma from previous deliveries that they were terrified of what was going to happen to them. The government aren't listening. It's not about the money, but the media is spinning it like, oh, look how much they're all getting paid. And now they're, they're greedy. I've seen it like they're greedy for, you know, all this strike action that's happening. And I think it was like 60% of midwives said they plan to leave in the next year. What are we left with? We're left with nothing. Something needs to change. Something needs to happen because this is our future generation as well. These are our children, you know. How are you? Hi, Anne. I'm good. Thank Lovely you. to How meet you. How's things? Yeah, not bad. Not bad. How about you? I'm always good. Are you uh, travelled in today? I so I won't, I won't ask where you come from because you, uh, <laughs> you're you're anonymous today, yeah, which is great. Um, but it's great to have you on. Um, thank you ever so much for coming on. Oh, thank you for having um, me. This is something that uh, is close to my heart because I've got a good couple of friends that are really, really affected by their line of work. Um, which you are going to be talking about, which we are going, going to be talking about. Um, so you're a student midwife. Yeah. Um, how long have you been a student midwife and uh, how did you get into it? Um, it's a bit of a long story, really. It's a bit of the whole cliche. I had my daughter at 21 and sort of fell in love with the midwives and what they did. And then... Oh, so you had you had your daughter when you were 21? Yeah, I did. Okay, and yeah, you, yeah. were you well looked after when I you was. had your daughter? I was, yeah. Oh, so that Very was a well kickstart of it. Yeah, and it was okay. like, I want to do that. Like, it's amazing. So anyway, nine years has passed by and I was trying to find various routes to do it. But anyway, with my um, partner, we worked out that I could I could do it financially. And I three three years ago, so just before the pandemic, I mm -hmm. did my access course because I didn't do great at school. So Oh, so just before the pandemic yeah, you got into this? So 2019, so I had my son in 2018. Mm -hmm. And then in 2019, before I went back off maternity leave, it was like, right, this is the time. I'm going to do it. I'm... I'm here. Do you know what? It. That's brilliant, uh, Kelly, because um, you say that you um, you got into it because of how you were treated mm, yeah. um, when you gave birth. Yeah. yeah. That's absolutely fascinating. So you must yeah. have been treated really, really well. I was, yeah. First time round was yeah. amazing. Second time, not so much. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah. that's, a, that's a different. But again, that gave me the motivation to go, right, okay, I, I want to make a difference you know every everyone comes into this saying I want to make a difference mm. I want to make maternity services better for women and their families everyone mm. that I've come across has said those sentences to me mm. and I think you know we, that's what we all go into it for mm -hmm. that's what we want we want women to have healthy babies mm -hmm. we want them to be happy and that's why I went into it, you know. So, yeah, wow. I did that. <laughs> so you got inspired off of another midwife. You decided to take the leap and take the uh, take the uh, the job or the course. What, how, what happens? How does it sort of transpire? How do you first go about 
sort of starting your training as a as a, as a student midwife or how um, do you get into that into that field you you've got to have good grades like good you've grades. got to you've got to well i had to go and do an access course yeah. um uh, it's, it's a nurse and a midwifery access course so i went okay. to college for a year full-time mm-hmm. um you know monday to friday kind of thing also so, proper back to education yeah, back, back to, to college yeah, oh, okay yeah. <laughs> got you um so yeah went back and did that loved it absolutely mm-hmm. loved it um met some amazing people that were doing nursing and all sorts from all walks of life you know there was women aged up to 50 on my okay. course that were, were doing it and so as young as as young as you know 20 21 you know that wow, had, had sort of come spectrum. out of school and not got their a levels and then thought you know we're, we're going to go back and do this so amazing people mm-hmm. um so did that got good, good grades luckily mm-hmm. didn't didn't realize that i'd be able to do that but i did i worked really really hard um you know sacrificed a lot of time with family and my partner yeah. and, and got it done anyway of course then pandemic hit shut the college you know, had to do a lot of it from so home. So did you finish your year? Um, almost. Almost. I, had, oh, I know, no. I know. I had two two things left to do, two modules, if you like. Yep. And um, yeah, didn't quite get there, but because my previous grades had been good, it was almost like the A-levels, like they predicted yeah. the yeah, grades. Good. So good. yeah, luckily I had enough points, mm. is what they call it, to go to uni. So again, did the interview at uni well before um, you know, lockdown and stuff happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so did that and got the news that I got in. So I was elated. I was like, this is amazing. It's happening. So that's you know, after was, that year, right? After oh, that yeah, year, you get during, the, yeah, during, during the year. You have to do it. And then it's like a conditional offer that you nice. sort of then, you know, you have to get the grades in order to go to uni kind of thing. So yep. yeah, did that. Um, got into uni, which was amazing. But then obviously it was very much like, oh, am I actually going to be able to go to uni? Because I was very aware that the previous student midwives had been pulled out because of COVID. So they'd been taken out of the hospitals mm-hmm. um, because of obviously they didn't want any extra people in there that didn't need to be there in the height of the pandemic. Um, so it was a bit sort of hit and miss. Anyway, started it on time in September. Um, start of the academic year and it was predominantly online it was all online so there was no placement or anything like that until the january mm-hmm. um so yeah was loving it it was great um and how does that work just so we can get mm. um a sort of uh visualize it how does it work yeah. o- online how how do you how do you how do you do that online uh, zoom teams oh it's just yeah, all right yeah, got you all yeah, of that yeah stuff. so we didn't really go in for got any you. other than practical stuff mm-hmm. you know i think i had maybe two sessions in doing practical, you know, taking bloods, that sort of thing. Um, but other than that, all of the theory was online, you know. So it was, it was difficult. It was hard because you were trying to make friends as well as, you know, yeah, exactly. learn to, and, yeah. and adapt as and well. And adapt into that. And then, mm-hmm. you know, just, just trying to, you know, work it all. So it was online. It was quite difficult. It was hard, but I didn't know anything else. So it was kind of oh, like, yeah, yeah. It, it was just what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was fine. Then we all went out into placement in January, which again was fine. Um, a lot so you go out into placement when mm. you when you qualify, is that right? No, so during, no during. During. Oh, so right, so it's still during. Yeah, it's nice. 50-50. Got you. It's 50-50 between the two. So got it's, you. I go to a uni that is block placement. Some do it, it like sort of intertwined. So they'll this do like four days theory, one day placement. But mine does it in blocks. So, you know, it's hit and miss with the weeks, but you'll have a block of theory, a block of placement. Sure. So, yeah, so that's how that sort of works. So I did my first year got good grades, got through it, and then got to the end of that first year and just thought, I can't do this. Like I got oh, to that really? point, yeah, I got to that point where I was really finding it difficult managing family life and all the rest of it. Anyway, long story short is I took a year out, did a little part-time job, and now I'm back. So I'm back into my second So quickly, year. so you've done a year. Um, yeah. So when you finish that year, do you, mm-hmm. what qualification do you get? Nothing. You've got to do the whole degree. You've in got order to do to the whole anything. degree. Yeah, so even though you've worked really hard, 
to get to where you are and doing all the things that you're doing, you know, sacrificing all that time of your family, working for free is what you're doing. You're working 12 and a half hour shifts, you know, just as the midwives are, but you're learning. So you're doing all of that for free with no money. You don't get any childcare support from the government or anything like that. So you're paying for all of your childcare. Really? You pay to park, you know, I pay nearly £10 a day to park at the hospital to go to work. That's disgusting. It's, it's crazy. And we're always complaining about it. We've always tried to, you know, push it so that we can get at least a 50% discount on the parking or 30 hours free childcare, but you don't. 50% <laughs> fucking free parking? <laughs> Listen, you're, you're being too kind. If, we'll oh. take anything. We'll take a pound off. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I mean. You're literally working for free anyway. Yeah, yeah that, that's what it's like. And, it, and, and that's why a lot of people leave because they almost feel like, you know, we lost a lot of our cohort. When I took a year out... We lost almost 30, maybe 40 of the cohort just left. And what's the, the cohort? Year. A cohort is the amount of people in your year group. So we started with <sighs> over 100 and I think it finished on about 70 in the end with myself as well, including wow, in that second like, year out. Yeah, gone. Just, no, I'm not doing it anymore. Because, and the thing is, people work so hard. I, I obviously know I've done it and you work so hard and people are in, you know, more complex situations than me. Some people are single mums of four children doing it. And they're managing to make that work and then to have to do all of that work for free. And then, you know, if they have to leave for personal reasons or whatever, you just get nothing out of it. Why? Can I ask why? For, for, it's I a know, dog eat dog. For the passion area. of, I know you grew a passion for it mm. when, when you gave birth and mm. was that passion driving you? I feel like it's... Uh, and what drives the others to, to do it? Like you said, the, the single yeah. mums that have got four, do you think yeah. it's because they have a, they generally want to help yeah. children and women and they do and i think what's the passion behind it i don't I, there's obviously all walks of life because it sounds I mean, like it's, <laughs> it sounds awful we haven't even started right and it sounds like well why would you why would you put yourself in that situation why would you do that A why do you sacrifice all that for, for to be treated that, that way uh, that's where i'm at at the moment if i'm completely honest that's okay. how i'm oh, feeling well, that's, that's right where you're now at. but right. you know i almost for everyone that i speak to it it sounds really spiritual i know but it almost feels like a calling it almost no, feels do you like know what? that's not that's, that's what it's that's what it I feels get that. like. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. And, and it feels like it's, that. It's, 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 in, it's in you. Yeah. And, and completely every, all midwives that I speak to, you know, the, especially the students, for them, it is more it, it's that it is that calling. It, it's what they want to do and they can't see themselves doing anything else, myself included. Yeah. I can't see myself working or doing anything else with my life other than midwifery. That That's just how I feel. And. You know, I think that's why people do persevere through it and they take it. They take these hits from all angles and it affects mm. them. It affected, I think it was 96% of midwives, student midwives that were asked said that their mental, excuse me, mental health had been compromised by doing this degree. It's nearly 100% of student midwives and it's... So that year you're what you are working for free. You're, you're, you're mm. trying to pull it in from all angles yeah. to make it work. Yeah. Because you want to do this job because, like you yeah. said, that calling was when, you know, you had your children. And it's spiritual, yeah. call it whatever you want. But it's here, right? It's in, yeah. in the core of you. You want to do that. So you do a year. Um, what's, what, during COVID, what, what were the expectations from you for, for, for that year? I sort of started, obviously, just, well, it was uh, the January after. It was January 2021. I went into placement. Um, it was still very much, you know, no partners allowed. It still is masks. You still have to wear masks for the whole shift. It was very, you know, aprons, gloves. It was all that kind of thing. But, you know, for those 
on my cohort that did have family that were maybe vulnerable or they were vulnerable themselves. Mm. It was very difficult because they were almost toying with this, you know, well, do I go in and continue with this dream and risk bringing COVID home to my family? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I know people that had their ch- went to live elsewhere when they were on their placement blocks. Wow, they because took it they took, that yeah, they seriously, that literally they're yeah. that passionate about yeah. helping other people that they yeah. put their whole personal yeah. um, jeopardy aside, they, yeah. they jeopardise everything, yeah. family life and everything. To go and to, live elsewhere. To go and live elsewhere, to do their job. To do the, yeah, but they're not being paid for. <laughs> that they're not getting paid for. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm dumbfounded at the moment because... Well, I'm not really because I, I get it because yeah. it's the same with me in the military and the special forces. Mm-hmm. I didn't care about the paycheck. I was just passionate about, you know, soldiering. I was passionate about going out and helping, which we do, you know, save lives and and mm-hmm. and uh, really help, you know, what we thought and what we think is really, you know, helping the world, yeah. you know. Um, and then... You know, you do have a little rude awakening. So you you had a year out, did you say? So, I did. Yeah, so and yeah. you've just come back in. I've just gone. What back do you in do during that year out? Oh, just a little part time job. Okay. Working from home. You know, looked after my kids. Yeah. Was there present? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. but there was always a part of me that was like, I know. Yeah, I felt resentment. I'm not going to lie. I yeah. felt resentment yeah. towards my partner. He knows that. Oh really? Because <laughs> really? he will listen. He knows yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Because I almost had to take that step back because he's working a part-time job to pay the mortgage. You know, he he needs to work to pay the mortgage. And when I'm on placement, he's sacrificing paid working hours to drop the children off, etc. And I know a lot of you know girls. I'm going to say girls because my cohort is all girls. Yeah. You know that are in that situation where they are. You know their partners are self-employed. And, you know, they are losing money and they are taking that hit constantly, not just mentally, but financially, the, the mum guilt that comes yeah, with it, because yeah. that plays a massive part. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that's just what I did in that year. I just really tried to focus on being present at home. You know, my children are still quite young. They still are. Yeah. And even being back three months. The mum guilt, you just said. Mum guilt is horrendous. <laughs> it's awful. It is really awful. And it... It eats you up inside because you're having to miss school performances, school plays. You know, when all the other mums are going in to read books with their children, you're not able to. And, you know, you almost... It's a huge role. It's, it's yeah. a huge critical role. And you're... Yeah. You know, I, I do it um, from a father's standpoint, but it's different. You know, men and yeah. women are different. Mothers and fathers are different. That's what gives the, the, the child a great all-rounded sort of, yeah. uh, you know, sort of atmosphere and you know uh, credentials to move forward or credibility to move forward whatever it is but you know i i for a mother to do that you know i don't think my wife you know she would struggle yeah put it this way she struggles when she's we, we go away for the weekend and the first night she's like it's constant i'm like no point in us even being away, yeah. you know, because she's, she loves, yes, yeah, she loves, yeah. like you said, that calling. She loves yeah. being a mum. She yeah. loves her children. She loves, you know, not saying us fathers don't, we do, mm. but there's just different roles in life, right? Yeah. Um, so after that year, you, that gap year, mm-hmm. what made you get back into I always had jumping it in my into, head. Into I made it. myself accountable to go back, definitely. Got you know, you. I, I said it out loud. I have a social media account that I was very open on mm-hmm. you know and it's I sort of I I was always and 
I didn't want to let my family down. I didn't want to let my kids down. And I didn't want to let all that time that I'd sacrificed go to waste. Yep. Those two years so. that I'd sacrificed, good, good that I didn't want to let that go in the bin. Yep. So I went back. And, you know, I am struggling now. Mm. It's not it's not a secret. I am really finding it difficult. And I'm hoping what, I will. since you've gone back? Yeah. So talk to yeah. me Talk to me about that. Just break it down for me a little bit. So mm. you spend a year, um, gap year, that calling you know, that sense of responsibility. What I find you, I find you very selfless because you've been talking about, you say, you know, yeah, you don't want to waste that year, but, you know, you don't want to let your family down. You don't want to let yeah. your, your, your partner down. You don't want to let the women down. You don't want to let the... It's like, so you're going back, back to this calling, which it is, let's, let's be honest. Um, so how do you go from having that gap year? Talk me through the, the, the first day of getting back onto that, just so that Aww. myself and the, and, and, the, and the listeners have got have got an, an idea on how you just go, right, I'm going to get back into it. You know, yeah. Find that drive, find that motivation, because that's super important, super inspiring mm. as well. How, how, how do you do that? And talk me through that first day that you go back. I went straight back into placement. It you went was straight back straight into placement. Straight back into placement, like nothing had changed. And it was it was bizarre. It was surreal because I almost walked in after a year of not being there and nothing had changed. You know, really? it was like you walk straight back in, get your scrubs out, get them on and you crack straight back And did on. they take you just like that? Because yeah. obviously, because they're so yeah, oh yeah. Under, yeah. understaffed. You can right? do that. So it, within my university, you can take a year out for personal reasons, health people obviously feel yeah. pregnant and go and have a baby, you know. Of course, yeah. um, so you can do that. So yeah, it was it was straight back in. And because you're then a second year, the responsibility levels are stepped up a gear because they expect you to do more. They expect you to be more involved. They expect you. So I did find myself trying to explain to people, oh, I'm a bit rusty. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you're trying to have to. Yeah, they yeah. were good. They, yeah. they were good with me. And I sort of went straight back in and, you know, had another four babies to add to my, you know, little facilitated birth good. thing. So that was good. great. It was fantastic. And they were all day shifts. So it was fine. You know, I, I cope fine on day shifts. Um, and then we were back into uni, which is is heavy. Is because how many how many come. times is how many times a week are you back there? Uh, uni is five days a week. Five days a week. Yeah, oh, yeah. So you're like back sort of literally placement. like nine till five, six. Some days, that's almost harder than the placement sometimes because placements sort of three days a week. You know, you can juggle that with childcare. But so when days. you go back to uni, then these place when will these placements come up? Are they part and pass part of the course, right? Yeah. Part, yeah so it's yeah, like yeah. you do maybe two weeks of uni, then a placement or... Yeah, so the NMC guideline, well, mm. the NMC uh, requirements mm. are 2,300 um, theory hours and 2,300 placement hours of, of practice. So that's, that's the requirement to be able to get your pin to then go off and be a practicing midwife. That's, that's what you have to do. So, yeah. So um, how does it change? How has it all changed since you've been back to, to uni? So, um, so you say your your whole placement's women? Yeah, yeah, my whole court. Is whole that court uncommon or is that a common? Uh, there are male midwives, but yeah. not a lot. No? Not a lot, no. No, a few. But that, as far as I'm aware, there isn't any in any of the three years that are currently studying. Wow. At my uni, so. Yeah. Wow. Not and a lot. No, that, that, that's not a lot. It's no. not a lot. So you're yeah. used to being around that female environment, that mm. you know, that that woman environment. So you'll you'll did you do you all stick together? Would you, would you say? And and again, be completely honest yeah. with me, because that's people go, oh, you men must stick together in the military, yeah. and I'm like, half the time I'm fighting with him. Yeah. yeah. When when I need to do a job, I'll get I'll you know we get the job done there. But you yeah. know especially since I've left the military, people are like, oh, have you still got that bond? I'm like, since I've left the military, I've had to take my body armor off my chest and put yeah. it on my back. It's like, it, you know, it, it's, it's yeah, because... It's, it's it, not dissimilar, it's, it, is to it be not? honest. Not really, no? no. From a, 
obviously a less violent perspective. <laughs> We're not beating <laughs> no, each other no, up no, as such. No, but no, no. it's it's hard because it's a high high pressure environment. You know, extremely I, high pressure. Yeah, environment. I myself haven't experienced bullying, but mm. I know bullying is a big thing mm. within midwifery. You mm. know, it's I know a lot of especially the younger cohort that are spoken down to. You mm. know, treated badly. Yeah, which. Is awful mm. for them because they're and these are like the, the newbies as such. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah you yeah. always get the eye roll when you say you're a first year because the they know then, structure, yeah, and they've yeah. then got to teach you, which they don't have time to do. They don't have time to be teaching student midwives on as the job. Well. No, they don't, and it that's what I'm finding difficult. So they don't have time. They they should no. be teaching you on the job, mm-hmm. but they don't have time no, to do they it. Don't have time. So wow. we're almost doing that's you know the care assistant a care assistant role. 90% of the time because they haven't got time to, you know, to, it's not so bad on labour and birth because the care is predominantly one-to-one. So mm-hmm. you do have a bit more time. You've got all of your attention on that woman mm-hmm. and you can, you know, look after that family. But when you're on the wards, it's usually two midwives to 26 women or 26 women and babies. And you think if you're looking up, and they're high-risk women because if they weren't high-risk, they wouldn't be there. They would just be coming straight in in labour, having a baby and going home. That's when it's lovely. But predominantly it's not anymore. The The caesarean rate's gone through the roof. You know, that we're inducing women more and more for for things that we wouldn't have done, mm-hmm. you know. And yeah. it's... Why is this? I, it's fear, I think. I think it's fear. Fear of litigation... More than anything. Is it's that a scared. huge thing, is it? Massive. A fear of litigation. Can you, can you just enhance on that? Can you just elaborate a little uh, bit on that? Documentation mm. is time consuming, but also you're told and you're taught if you don't document, it hasn't happened. And if that goes to court, that's all they have said. If that goes to court, you know, and it's almost like you're fearing that yeah. something happening to that mum and baby, but it's almost like counterproductive because by inducing you're increasing that woman's risk of something bad happening, like mm-hmm. a poor outcome for that mum yeah. and that baby. So, you know, it's it's really hard to stand back and see that happening. From an, I'm not going to say I'm an outsider, mm-hmm. but as a student, I do have that ability to sort of stand back and... Yeah, and I have that, the time to reflect and we're it. encouraged to reflect. And it's that opinion from afar, really. Yeah. yeah that or the yeah. Your eyes from a, yeah. from a distance. Yeah. And I feel like the midwives, especially the midwives that have been doing it for a long time, they've almost adapted with the changes that have happened. So all the new policies that have come in, all the new procedures that we have to do. You know, I don't know if you know about the, the Embrace report that came out a few years ago, but it said that no. black and uh, BAME women we're five times more likely to die in childbirth, not because of a genetical reason or anything like that, just because of racism. So because of that, because How does that, that work? I, I don't know. So can, you, can you just say that again? Sorry. So, so this was old statistics. The, yeah. the most recent Embrace report that came out last month. And what's an Embrace report? Can you just... It's um, a report that looks into the deaths of mum and babies. Got you. Okay. So, um, yeah, sorry. I probably no, no, no. It's that. fine. No, listen. That's <laughs> why I'm here. That's why I'm here. Listen. So the, the most recent report came out and said that black women were 3.7 times more likely. So in those three years, it's only improved by 1.3%. And it's, it's, it's just down to not understanding the care not being given. There is an undertone of racism, not mm-hmm. necessarily in my trust. I mm-hmm. haven't seen it, yeah. but there is an undertone of I've heard racist things being said. Mm-hmm. I've heard of other people telling me that racist things have been said. Mm-hmm. And this is why it's happening. And in reaction to that, 
the guidelines then changed that black women should be offered an induction at 38 weeks, I believe. I believe it was 38 weeks. Don't quote me on that. Mm -hmm. And then there was a massive uproar of like, well, why are we inducing women, uh, black women, just because of their skin colour? Why are we not mm -hmm. just caring for them better? You know, and are taking more time to care Common about them. Common sense. It's, it doesn't it's, exist sometimes. I know, I know, I know. It's, we can but always yeah. revert back to that, but that seems to have gone in mm. in all walks of life. Yeah. It's like, especially, you know, that's what humanity is about. If someone's suffering and someone's vulnerable, it doesn't matter what colour skin they've got, where they've come from. It's just that duty of care, isn't it? Yeah. You know, someone's suffering, you want to prevent them from suffering. And if you yeah. can prevent that... Um, you know, pre pre or, or post, mm -hmm. then then you know you do that. Any normal human would want to yeah. do that, especially a midwife that has this calling that she, yeah. you know, that you've had, and that I'm, I'm sure many midwives have. Um, and you talk about this sort of structure where the the, the newbies—I like to call them newbies—people <laughs> understand it. It's like yeah. newbies in the military, whatever. Yeah. They're um, they're not getting taught correctly. Are they? But are they? Are they? Are they getting? Uh, are they being pushed off into other aspects, other avenues of, of medicine, and um, expected to do things that they that they they shouldn't be doing? Yeah, this is a fine line for me to speak about this because it's it's hard because you don't want to scare women, mm -hmm. like you don't want to cause anxiety for women. Yeah. But, but, yeah, you want, you, but you don't want to lie to them either. Exactly. You don't want to hide the truth. That's from why them. I'm here because right. I think it's so important for them to understand what's happening. And yeah, mm. as a student midwife, you are. Yeah, the fear that I have is that a lot of midwives are going to become high-risk midwives because they're not seeing physiological birth. They're not seeing the normal. What they're seeing is, you know, they're not being taught proper midwifery because they have, there's no time to teach that. And what we're being taught at uni is gold standard. You know, the, the gold standard of care is what, what you should be given. And then you step foot into almost a completely parallel universe where it's like wow. you're not able to give that care. And the care that's being given is so outdated so the practical doesn't match the theory no it doesn't and it's it messes with you a little bit i can imagine you're going i know because you know the gold standard yeah. right and you're like that i will deliver yeah. nothing but the gold standard mm -hmm. why haven't i why haven't i got the, the capabilities or the facilities or mm -hmm. the logistics to be able to do that so yeah. now you want me you're teaching me the gold standing but i'm not even delivering bronze here i'm no. not, it's it's That's what it feels like yeah is that what it feels that yeah. must really mess with your head it does massively i leave shifts feeling devastated most of the time I, I come out and I'm like, did I give the best care? And I'm a student. Mm. God knows how the midwives must be feeling. Do you know what? I know this is where I'm going to jump in. I've got a good friend that's a midwife and she is, I don't know how to explain it. Anything but a nervous wreck mm. when she comes back from her shift. And I wanted to get her on this podcast, but yeah. she wouldn't. Um, but she's in a, in a state. She is, upset because she's turning women away that need help um she's having to lie to women that need help mm -hmm. it is eating away at her moral compass it is eating away at her gold standards yeah. which you've just mentioned that she's mm -hmm. been taught and psychologically talk about her mental health mm -hmm. because she, and you said it's the two you know it's unparalleled it doesn't they don't go hand in hand the practical and and, and the theory I think you've just hit the nail on the head and why she's, why she's finding it so hard. She's coming off, she has a vent, bursts into tears and has a good old rant. And, mm. but then she's, you know, I say to her, oh, come, you know, come and talk about it. She's like, no, 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 I've got to get back to, to her work. Um, people really, really, really suffering because they're not allowed 
to do their job or they they, they can't do their job. No. I think that, I think the recent stats said we were 3,500 midwives down across the UK. 3,500. Yeah, which is, you see it on the shop floor. It's, you know, like I said, two midwives for 26 women, if you're lucky. You know, if, if no one calls in sick or, you know, has a mental breakdown. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, which happens. Yeah, of because course. It, they just stress yeah. the pressures too much. Yeah. They, 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 they don't, don't want to come into their next shift. No, no, they don't. They, and they've had to shut certain areas of the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the midwifery-led and the consultant-led, we have two different. So high-risk women would go to the consultant-led and midwifery-led would be predominantly midwives. Mm-hmm. For low-risk women, that's been shut. Because, and it's the same across, across the board, as far as I'm aware, because they just haven't got the midwives to sustain that. So not only are you not able to care for the women that you've got in, you're not able to facilitate their choices. You're not able to give them that water birth that they've dreamt of for the last nine months. You're not able to, you know, give them that sole midwifery-led care in a a, a different environment. Uh, you know, the consultant-led unit is wires everywhere, resuscitators in the room, because you are looking after women that are higher risk. But on the midwifery-led, you know, birth isn't scary. Birth isn't... But mm, we're taught it should be it a from, natural, beautiful process, Yeah, but right? we're taught it from a young age, aren't we? You look at yeah. all the films, you look yeah, at all the, the stuff you see on the telly. It's a woman flat on her back, screaming, usually in lithotomy, which is where the legs are up mm. in stirrups, screaming her head off, asking for medical help. That's usually what you see on any film, TV program mm-hmm. that you watch. Even film programs like One Born Every Minute, they mm. don't show physiological birth. So, of course, it's ingrained in us as women that you're scared to give birth, myself included. Good point. Myself, and I was the same. And then, you know, you see it playing out in front of you, in front of your eyes. And then when you do have that little golden nugget where you care for that physiological woman who hasn't had any intervention, you know, she's come in labouring, she's had a baby. I've had women, you know, break down in tears because they had such bad birth trauma from previous deliveries that they were terrified of what was going to happen to them. So you're then restrict you're then putting them on a consultant led where they are. It's been proven they're more likely to have intervention because the doctors are there. The doctors are going to come in. They're going to put a CTG, which is continuous monitoring on a woman, yeah. which by the way has no research to back it up. So while we're still doing it, I don't know. Um, and then you know you've got that cascade of intervention, which will inevitably lead to birth trauma. You know, th- I think it was thirty thousand women across the UK in the last year have reported having birth trauma and that's only the people you've asked mm, that doesn't surprise me you know so you are you can see it in these women when they're leaving you know they they're being sent home with this trauma you know physical injuries as well from having an episiotomy you know i'm going to get a bit gruesome now but you know tears things like tears yeah, mm, you know you've mm. got forcep deliveries kiwi de- and just that trauma of not being asked consent for things as well sometimes in an emergency situation sometimes you have women that you know, I, I, I mean, I personally ask for consent before I even touch somebody because mm. it's their body. Mm. But it's almost like this, oh, you can touch them because they're... I, I, I don't yeah, want to put it... Because yeah. no midwife goes into this wanting to cause harm. No, no one course. does. But yeah. it's sort of developed into this. We're so rushed and we're so off our feet that we don't have time to actually care for these women in the way that we want to. Yeah, it's not that personal care yeah. there anymore. It's There's just no a case continuity. of, right, get the, get, how, right, how can we extract this baby as quick as possible? Mm-hmm. We need to, we've got four, five, 10, 20 other women yeah. um, in the same position here, right? Get some forceps in there, get the baby out, bang, done. Get this one into, yeah. uh, do you know what? It's, um, 
when my wife was giving birth with our last son, he's six now. Um, you can, when you you're aware of certain things, you can see the sort of manicness going on behind the scenes. Yeah. You know, it's like all of a sudden, you know, we've you have got you guys as as student midwives. Are those student midwives left alone? Yeah. You know, with yeah, we talk about that, right? You, like yeah. you said, you're there to be taught, mm-hmm. and you're not being taught, but then you're being left yeah. with the responsibility of not only a, a human life, i.e., the lady uh, giving birth, uh, the woman giving birth, but also a, a, a new baby, a baby coming into the yeah. world. You've got two lives there yeah. that you know that you haven't necessarily been taught how to do, but. You're expected to. You're expected to to to, de- to deliver. It's, yeah. it's 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 terrifying. God, I mean, terrifying. I've, I've never it's, personally. Do you know what? It's, it's terrifying. Yeah, I mean, I've been left in a room looking after. You know, I've had bays of ladies to look after on my own. Mm-hmm. You know, and I just know that I've got a mentor there to sort of report to sure. if I'm concerned. Birthing wise, mm-hmm. I've been left alone in the room, mm-hmm. but there is a call bell. You know, right. I don't want women to panic and think, "Oh my god, I'm going to be left alone with a student." Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Especially for the trust that I work for, they are very good at just call the call bell if you need me. But yeah. the midwives are. They're stretched so thin. Stretched. Yeah, they're thinly stretched stretched across the whole. You know, you've got, you know, all of these labouring women and they need one-to-one care. Once they deliver and Mm. the baby's okay, Mm. you're like, right, quick out the room. There's no time for breastfeeding support. There's no time for making sure you facilitate good skin-to-skin contact, which we know how important that is. There's no time to make sure Huge, especially during COVID, especially for the the partners as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I'm fortunate I was there for, for all of my children. The first thing I'd done... Was that skin to skin contact? Yeah. Because I think that that is absolutely mm-hmm. crucial, and yeah, you know, not only not only as a as a as a bonding session, but psychologically, mm-hmm. you know, knowing that that's your child. It's yeah. like I was there. You know, mm-hmm. for me, I'm like, you know, I say to my wife, the first person to hold all my children. You know, it's like <laughs> yeah. even though she, she's like, well, I'll give you that yeah. one. You know, yeah. um, and it's just that yeah. that bond in my head. You know, it's yeah. like it's it's lovely. It's it's just yeah. so, it's a psychological warmth. It's yeah. a psychological connection that I have yeah. that that I can use. Yeah. That's surely. Have you seen that been been uh, been taken out where partners can't come in? Um, not so much at, at the beginning. Yes, yep. there was no visiting. Very very little visiting. So they is, were having giving birth by themselves. N- not no not. No. I wasn't there in the height, so I can't speak for that. Okay. But for when I was in, it was one birth partner. So you know there weren't any doulas like birth workers allowed in there. There was only allowed to be your one birth partner. You weren't allowed to change that birth partner. It was just your one. And in some ways, that wasn't so bad because you haven't got mother-in-law sat in the corner, <laughs> unwanted, you know, yeah. putting her two pence in. Some women don't want that, yeah, and you no, can tell. Yeah. You know, but for others that did require that support from potentially their own mum or their mum-in-law or a second birth friend, they didn't have that. 
They yeah. only had their birth partner, as in their husband, their wife, whoever that mm. may be. You know, which they were only allowed to come in when that woman was four centimetres, which we would say was right. established labour. Mm -hmm. And she was then transferred onto the ward, mm -hmm. uh, onto the, the labour and birth ward, not the, yeah. the ward, the mm -hmm. antenatal ward. So that's hard. You know, and even now that's still happening. You know, it's nine to nine visiting hours, um, you know, at the moment where I am. And when that partner has to leave at nine o'clock and that woman is, you know, maybe in early labour, mm -hmm. she's terrified. Because, again, another thing that we see on TV is it's, oh, my God, she's gone into labour. We must rush. We must get to the hospital. It's all going to happen very quickly. The reality is very, very different. That's right. As yeah. you know, <laughs> it, it takes time, you it know. Does. And yeah. trying to explain that to a woman, I, I would have felt awful if I would have been left alone. I was induced with my son. Biggest regret I have. Mm -hmm. However, if, if my partner would have had to have left me during that time, I would have been a mess. You know, mm -hmm. so I can see it from that woman's perspective, but it's almost like, well, that's the way it is. So she's just going to have to get on with yeah. it. You know, she's just going to have to deal with it. But you're on your own behind those horrendous curtains mm -hmm. with other women. You know, you, you can't. There's that sleep. lack of personal connection yeah. due to the lack of staff yeah, yeah. and due to. Due, is, there, is there a um, a prerogative sort of pushed upon you? You know, listen, there's no time. You just need to get these babies out get them send them yeah. on their way and and again not not because you're a bad person or mm. or you know but midwives are so under the cosh they're yeah. so the stress the pressure mm -hmm. to to free these wards up to free these yeah. spaces up to you know that surely has such a disconnect yeah. from woman to woman and let's, let's let's be honest you know from a midwife to a woman um that almost that disconnect of of morality of that moral yeah. compass of like i'm i know what, what we need is women. You're a woman. You know what that woman is. Yeah. I'm going to do everything, but knowing that you can't do that. Yeah. Is that really hard for, really for midwives, hard. student midwives, just to, so for such a personal thing, why you got into it into the first place, to mm. disconnect and do that, let's say, to, to your fellow woman. That must have mm. a, psycholo a detrimental it's psychological hard. effect and, and to the point where I think where with my friend, when she, when she comes back, I think she's just more disappointed that she's potentially lied or disappointed uh, mm. uh, you know someone in that position because she knows what it feels yeah. like she's been there before she's yeah. you know it's, it's she i think that's what she really struggles with yeah. she knows the gold standard she knows what she should do mm -hmm. but she's doing not saying half a job because you worked but she's doing mm -hmm. half of that gold standard yeah and it's not sitting well with her no and it doesn't sit well with a lot of midwives a lot of midwives you know one of the things i was told going into it is if you stop caring and you stop feeling the way that you felt on your first day of placement, then you need to leave mm -hmm. because you're no longer going to be any benefit to that woman. But the problem is, I think a lot of midwives are feeling that way because the system is set up to support the system. It's not set up the to support the women. system is set up to it support is. the system. It is. It's, it's, Correct. It's, it's, you come in and you're almost on a, a time limit because they've staffed for that amount of hours sometimes. You know, the, the hospital is sort of set up. It's a, it's a hospital. It's mm -hmm. a hospital system, mm -hmm. which isn't set up to support physiological birth. You know, so it is that sort of, oh, your labour slowed down, right, okay, we'll, you know, put some oxytocin up to get those contractions going again because we don't want you sitting here for too long because, you know, we've got all of these other women that are due to be coming to be induced for various reasons. And, you know, every bed is full all of the time. There's not really a lot. And it's almost... Wow, every bed is full yeah, all of the yeah. time. Unless you have someone who had COVID, in which case you've got to clear that. And then it's yeah. quite pleasant for a little while because you've got to wait for that room to be cleared. So it's quite wow, nice. Yeah. But other than <laughs> that, you've got, you've got lists of women waiting to be induced for 
sometimes reasons that you think, really? And are you having to turn women away when you know that you shouldn't? Sometimes. The midwives are very good at using their instinct. Oh, midwives are phenomenal. They are. They are are very good. I've seen it where they've just used their instinct and they've been like, no, that's not right. We need to do something here. And they do. But the system would say, shh. Yeah, and it's, it's like... You know, you, we have a, a triage unit, like a almost like a pregnancy A and E. Again, that's bursting at the seams. Always, you've got women waiting in the corridor, and these are women that are coming in because they're scared that their baby has stopped moving in the last twenty four hours, and they're thinking, "I've been told I need to come in because my baby could be compromised." So they're coming in and then being sat in a room for eight nine hours before we can even get to them, and they're then sitting there, or they get told, you know, at an appointment, "Oh, there's something not quite right here. We need to get you in for induction." And then you're getting them in for induction and they're waiting on the ward for a week. But they, they've been told that their baby could die. You know, we call it the death card. Oh, you've, you've dead baby card's been pulled to get them in, to get them into the system, to get them going. And then they're sat on a ward for days on end. And you're, their baby you're card has been pulled. Yeah, and you're wondering why they're sitting there in floods of tears. And physiological birth is not starting because let's face it, we're mammals. Well, we're not going to deliver a baby if we're scared, you know, because that's not what mammals do you wouldn't do that to a cat if you put a cat there was an experiment on cats putting them in how women are being forced to deliver their babies and they didn't have their babies you know they do that's a fucking great point but that's how we are we're humans and that's 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 that was just to kick yourself moment for me we know that we we, that's human nature that's yeah if you're scared you just yeah you just You're not going to deliver your baby because back in caveman times, there could have been a tiger outside. And of course, you're not going to deliver your baby when there's a tiger outside. You're going to wait for a safe moment. Mm. And for every woman, that's different. The hospital might be a safe place for that woman. Mm. But when she's coming in and there's noises going on around her and she can see the chaos around Mm. her, she's not going to have her baby. Of course, her contractions are going to stop. So this is when cesareans, emergency cesareans come in, the fear of Mm. losing the baby. It's like the inducements come in. It's like, right, let's just... Yeah, this is when all that, the the cascade of intervention, we call it, happens. And you can almost, even as a student, even as a naive student that I possibly could be labelled, you know, you can see what's going to happen to that woman when she comes in. You know, you can see, okay, she's coming for this, she's coming for induction. Okay, that one's not worked, that one's not worked. Because there's a a, a policy that we have to follow. And you're going, right, that's not working. Okay, so what's going to happen then? Okay, well, she's probably going to go for section. And that oh. there's risks involved in sections that women aren't always aware of. It's never always been like this, right? No, so no. The, the section rate has gone through the roof. I, I don't know the exact figures, but I know it's increased massively. We're not as bad as some countries. You know, the USA is far worse. Mm. But we are going that way. We are becoming an obstetrically run system. Midwives are, don't feel like midwives anymore. They feel like obstetric assistants. You feel like you're there to support the doctors in what their decisions are. But as a midwife, your job is to be with women. That's what it means to be with women, to emotionally and spiritually and everything. That connection, right? But we can't do that because you're so caught up in, oh, we've got to make sure that, oh, that baby's heart rate's dropped a little bit. Oh, what are we going to do? You're so in that that as a student, I have that ability to be able to be with women. I have that at the moment. My fear is when I'm qualified, I'm not going to have that. That that will go because it will be, I mean, I do paperwork and stuff now, don't get me wrong, but I, that will be my responsibility. That will be my pin. My mm. pin is like, it's like the holy grail. It's mm. like, if you do something wrong, your pin would be removed. Hence why I'm anonymous. Mm. <laughs> but that doesn't sit well with you that you, that you wouldn't no. be with caring for, because... 
They doesn't it, feel it, right. It, it doesn't feel, and it's not what the the job is all about. The right. job is 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 about being with mm-hmm. that woman, right? Being with caring and yeah. And I think and, that's why a lot of students leave because I. I was under no illusion that the system was great, hence why I went into it. I you didn't know it was this bad, right? I didn't know it was this bad. And it is, how bad is it on a scale of one to ten? It's so bad that I'm not going to be an NHS midwife, and I know that already. I, I'm, wow. I'm skipping that bit. <laughs> wow. And I, I, won't, I refuse to do it. I refuse to put myself through it. And plus, even being a midwife on the shop floor, you're not going to make a massive difference because policies are tying your hands all the time. How? Ha- well, you, you're told to do vaginal examinations, you know, at a set time. Mm-hmm. You know, every hospital is different, but mm-hmm. you are told to do these. Again, that's another thing that's inhibiting natural labour. Why have we lost those skills that we can see how a woman is progressing in her labour without having to mm-hmm. do something so intrusive, yeah. you know, that is causing other issues along the way? There's so many things that I could speak about it for hours, mm-hmm. but... I know already that after I've done my preceptorship, because you have to do that at the end of your three years, so you have to do a preceptorship as a yeah. tra- almost still a trainee midwife. And then you go off. I I want to go into something bigger where I could potentially then make more of a difference than what I could getting caught up in these policies and procedures that where I, I my hands are tied. Mm-hmm. You know, if I get seen to do anything outside of that policy, it's, it's got. I heard it described yeah. by somebody that... You know, midwives are more scared of litigation than they are of the birth trauma and the complaints that you're going to get from women. Like that, scared of litigation. Like they're more scared of. That's the day and age we live in. Yeah, it's, it is. It's, it's disgusting, mm-hmm. and I didn't think it would, it would go into the depth of of giving birth, our future generation. Yeah. Um, you know, putting women women at risk like yeah. that, and not only not only the women but the children. Yeah. But the, yeah. the, again, it goes up to po- uh, like um, politics. The government aren't listening. It, it mm. feels like you're screaming into a void. That's mm. what it feels like because you're saying everyone is born. We've all been born. We all know someone that has given birth. You know, we all know how important this is. We all know for these young babies that are coming into the world. How, and you're sending women home with birth trauma that could then develop into postnatal depression, et cetera, et cetera. Like what impact is that having on our future generations? Yeah going forward it's massive and the the community that they go back into yeah. the lives the families mm-hmm. the knock-on effect that it has yeah. is is especially for the children as well yeah, you know the, the children that that experience these traumatic births they say it has you know they're not going to remember it has no that emotional that emotional yeah, course it does proven, yeah all Listen, those neurons in the brain and everything connected 100 percent. so important and i can sort of tell the difference from how my children were born to how their personalities mm-hmm. are. You know, we develop their personalities, of course. And, you know, parents have got, you know, the most important job in the world to bring their children up, you know. And again, that responsibility, we should, you know, I uphold that to the highest of standards and I do what I think is right, etc. But I can tell by my son that was born in cesarean mm-hmm. to, to, to a natural birth, mm-hmm. they're, like chalk and cheese and I'm not, you know, and it's, and we, myself and my wife are exactly the same, we brought them mm-hmm. up exactly the same, but there is a, definitely a, 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 a side where I think, right, that's because of how my son or my daughter was delivered. There, there is, there is research. I do believe that. Oxytocin and levels between vaginal births and cesarean births. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, there's clear evidence mm-hmm. there. But again, it's just making sure that baby comes out alive. That, yeah. That's what it's all about. You want to make sure. And of course, there's death along the way. It happens, you know, but as a midwife, you want to do everything you can to not have that happen. But you're almost torn because 
you want to make sure that baby comes out, but you're almost scared that if you don't act, then that baby, something could happen to that baby. That baby could be compromised. And then there's worse trauma. So it's almost like you're constantly in this balance of like... That responsibility, yeah, that pressure. Yeah, the responsibility is huge. <sighs> like that one decision that you make can change an entire outcome. And you've got to live with that. And that sometimes that yeah. that that decision is forced upon you, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, no, 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 no. Yeah, with you policies. might You might think with policies, you might think that, mm. you know, you want to do this or, you, you know... Mm -hmm. You, you'd like to do it this way, but I'm telling you, yeah. you do that. I'm telling you, you need to do it this way, yeah. and you need to get this done now, yeah. and move and move on. Yeah, and then of course you're left with women that feel like they've completely lost autonomy over their bodies. But not yeah. only that, the individual as well. Yeah. Talk about the midwife, the shoot oh, yeah, midwife. Yeah. You guys, mm. and I know you keep pushing it onto the world because that's. And I love that <laughs> about you, and I love that, and yeah. I, you know, it's, if there's anyone mm. that that I'd want at my, it would be someone like you that's mm. just got that. You know, just taking re relinquishing that personal responsibility because you're you're caring about someone so much that you're not thinking about yourself. But God, you know those decisions that that have been forced upon you that you're having to make. You see the detrimental effect it has on them. That surely has a knock-on effect on you. Yeah. Because it's just like wow. Yeah. Because you go home it's, and exactly like your your friend. Mm -hmm. I've sat on my kitchen floor in floods of tears, and and I'm a student. You know, yeah. I, like I said before, I don't know how that feels then to be a midwife a, a qualified midwife and like I said before no one went into this wanting to cause harm but you're almost going into the lion's den every day you know you look at the board and you go going into the lion's oh, den yeah you're going no staff again and then that takes you back to the the culture within the unit because everyone is so stressed they're snapping at each other you know they're there's not arguments, but you yeah. know, there's an atmosphere. Atmosphere, yeah. A negative you've atmosphere. You've got to walk into that room with a smile on your face and just be like, hello, I'm yeah. your midwife today. And just act yeah, like that's nothing their is first, wrong. That, that, you know, that, yeah. that, that you have to act as if, um, or treat as if that birth is the first birth mm -hmm. that you've ever done or they've, or that the person giving yeah. birth is, you know, that's their first, you've got to treat it like that. Yeah, it's like you've when got I to keep that alive through that's burnout. What, that's <laughs> it's, right. It's hard. I mean, it's hard, especially when the atmosphere yeah. is, is negative. I, I know what it's like. You walk into a, a work environment, a family environment, and that negative environment will naturally place you in a negative yeah. headspace. Yeah, and it and, does because I've been, I've had comments thrown at me numerous times of why are you doing this again? Why do you want to do this? Why would you ever want to do this job? And you start to believe it. You start to go. Why? For such little money, I could go and do a completely different job where no one's life is at risk, be a lot happier, have a, a relationship with my family that I want to have without this stress. Why am I doing this? Why are you doing and it? And that's why midwives are leaving. I think it was like 60% of midwives said they plan to leave in the next year. And you think that on top of the amount of midwives that are in their 60s and leaving oh, because of retirement. 60% where are we left? Leave. What are we left with? We're left with nothing. You know, and then where, where do we go? Where where are women going to have their babies? Midwives are, they're, they're, they're becoming a, a rarity anyway, mm. so... Well, women are free birthing now, and I... What's going to happen if 60% if go? What would, what, what would happen? Say, for example... I don't know. I, I don't know. I haven't got the answer. And I, I lay awake at night thinking about it, often, thinking what, what happens, especially to the... You know, you do have women that have doulas, birth workers that they're able to employ. They're able to pay for these people. They're not medical, med medically trained, but they are there to support the women on the emotional side. Mm -hmm. So they have that ability. A lot of women are free birthing nowadays with free with birthing. That. So that's free just... birthing outside the system, not not engaging with the NHS system at all. 
you know, and they're just not not having scans. They're not going for their uh, antenatal appointments. Nothing. They're just teaching themselves what they believe they need to know, and in potentially some women don't, but they're potentially employing a doula, and they're the doing Google, that. Google. Uh, Sometimes you do have women that are very well informed. Of course, of course. Very, and there's a big community around free birthing and hats off to them because I can't say that if I was ever going to have another baby that I wouldn't consider free birth yeah. I would well it sounds like the better option at the moment they, there is evidence to support that going into hospital is less safe than having a home birth because you're that's going into shocking, that system it? that's Whereas scary it is that's and it, fucking scary it's terrifying that is yeah. that's fucking hell that's giving me that is <laughs> no but it is because you yes. naturally think that's safe haven I'm going to mm-hmm. go to the hospital everything's going to be alright mm-hmm and then you, yeah. and then deep and again it's it's strange because as the years went on like my life you feel that atmosphere mm. as a parent as a partner as a as a woman giving birth you can feel that atmosphere mm. you know we're we're you know most people that partners and you know women give we experienced people anyway mm. you know when you just you know that the last time my son gave birth like i said you know out that's I've got five children, so mm. um, I could feel, you almost feel that atmosphere, you know, and then you start putting two and two together. Like I said, I saw the student midwife by herself and I, you mm. know, I almost felt for her and I tried to, you know, yeah. from from my limited experience, but, um, you know, you know try, I try, I almost tried to put her at ease, if that makes <laughs> sense. You know, it's just like, as well, just trying to, you know, make, tell her, yeah. you know, because I could see that there was a, there was a, she was stressed in a way. Um, how risky is it to have a child in this day and age it's hard it 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 depends on the day if i'm completely honest it depends on how staffed that unit is who's on that day just in general in general because people are like oh let's just have it and i don't think they realize that you know to bring a child into this world with the situation and the system Mm. um in the state that it's in is necessarily thought about enough it isn't. And, it, and like I said, we try and hide it. And that's why it's so hard to say. Because mm-hmm. again, I don't want to scare women. Because birth in itself is not, it shouldn't be a scary time. Mm-hmm. It's the most normal thing. We've done it for years. We wouldn't exist as a human race no. if it was that dangerous, you mm-hmm. know. But <coughs> I think it, it's becoming worse and worse. It's becoming more and more risky. Because you could go in on a day where there were hardly any midwives. You know, you're rushing through. And midwives are really trying they are running themselves into the ground trying to make sure that people don't notice so it's interesting that you say you kind of noticed that Mm -hmm. over the years because up until recently there wasn't we sort of didn't say anything we just kept our mouth shut just got on with it the midwives did not so much me but you know you just got on with it you just you just did it (laughs) not so much me (laughs) well i've always been very i've always been very outspoken excuse me are you quite vocal on the old wards are you i I wasn't but i've definitely yeah built in confidence as time's Mm. gone on i'm very vocal about how i feel now it's not always taken lightly but like i say i don't want to work there anyway so i don't don't care anymore (laughs) there we go Um, dumb i I don't want to say it's uh, the the midwives would but you're saying that you're saying this yeah exactly you're you're praising the midwives. You're, pra- you know, it's the system. Mm. The system is just pushing a narrative that doesn't fit. Sounds like it mm. fits into midwifery. Doesn't sound like it fits into, you know, to to the personal and emotional connection. Yeah. That it's a case of it's a product, right? It's a byproduct. Mm. It's like, tick, 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 
boom, bang, bang yeah. on the conveyor belt. Let's let's get this moving. Let's get this going. Let's free up these beds. Let's let, yeah. And again, turning women away, that must be from a woman to woman perspective. Turning women away, women away must be. How do you not? How do you not get a personal? sort of connection with that how 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 do you when you know that you have to do something like that how do you do how do you disconnect personally knowing that you're not necessarily making the right choice um not you personally but you know the system is being forced upon you to make a decision that you you uh, are forced to make uh how do you disconnect personally knowing that that woman is going through what she's going through i think it must come with time I, I think you learn to emotionally disconnect with time, which is not what you want to do because as a midwife, you are there to emotionally support. You need to be emotionally present. But they seem to have this ability, especially those midwives that have been there longer, they seem to have this ability to be able to... Um, I don't want to say step back for emotionally... Yeah, I know what you mean, to be able to just, just maybe sever that cord a, yeah. a little bit easier than some yeah. other people could. Yeah. You know, excuse the pun, but it's yeah. like, you know, it's just more of a, you know, they know they're understaffed. They know they're going to necess- probably nine times out of ten going to walk into quite a snappy environment mm-hmm. because of someone hasn't turned up for works, you know. Mm-hmm. And again, really, really understaffed. So it's a case of, right, I'm just getting under- underpaid. I'm just going to treat this as, you know, I need to do me. Sometimes, you know, you go into work, you go, I'm just, and that's not not what midwifery is about, you know. When you go, right, I just need to do me. Right, I need to go in, do my shift, go home, pay my bills, see my husband, um, uh, see my children. Mm. Um, so that can, I suppose it becomes a job, then, doesn't it? It's a vocation, you know, yeah, nursing, voca- yeah. midwifery. They're all vocations. They're almost mm. like you commit your life to it. It's very hard to switch off from it. You know, especially as a student, because you've got the uni side of things, you've got assignments to be writing, you've got reading to be doing. Like it's it's constant. It it consumes mm. your entire life. Mm. Um, but f- for the midwives that are qualified and they are doing the job, you know, it must be really hard for them to to disconnect as well and be able to. But again, I've seen so many negative things in the media of well, it's a vocation. You knew what you were going into. Why do you now need more money? It's not about the money. It's not about being paid more. We know that we're not going to get paid very well doing mm-hmm. the job that we're doing. We're not doing this to be millionaires. Let's don't face it. do it for the money. No, we don't. And uh, But the media is spinning it like, oh, look how much they're all getting paid. And now they're, they're greedy. I've seen it like yeah. they're greedy for, you know, all this strike action that's happening. The, the point is, is that we've put up with this, for, or they have put up with this for mm-hmm. decades. Mm-hmm. You know, for years and years and years, this has been getting really bad. Do you know what? It's unfortunate that you've, 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 come into this at probably the worst time yeah. ever. It is. You know, yeah. it's like, you know, I remember, you know, back in the day with, you know, it was it was a loving sort of job, wasn't it? It was yeah. like, it was very well, well respected. It was mm-hmm. a midwife seeing running around with smiles on their faces, yeah. holding babies, you know, oh, let me yeah. hold it. You know, it's like, that's what I grew up with anyway. Yeah. And you've come in, when the system, you know, COVID assisted the government don't know their ass from their elbow. Let's be honest. Yeah. You know, it's like, God, you, you know, got a bunch of school kids, yeah. um, you know, just out of uni that are, you know, playing stupid games and it's, it's embarrassing. And then, you know, you're, you're literally dealing with lives. Yeah. And they said, I think it was in July 22, 
um, the health committee said there was no credible solution to this problem. I can't remember the exact quote. Basically, there's no solution that we've got for your problem that you've got in maternity. And you think, well, where do we end them? Because midwives are beginning to put themselves first and they're leaving the job mm-hmm. because their mental health can't take it anymore. Yeah. They're going, right, my life is, you know, life yeah. is not infinite. Mm-hmm. I'm not wasting any more of my time on this. And they'll just leave. Mm-hmm. And then what you, I mean, I know of midwives that have gone to just work in supermarkets because they've just had enough. They just don't want to do it anymore. And they just think, do you know what? I'm going to go and stack some shelves in the supermarket and I don't want to be a part of this anymore. So they've completely thrown away all that hard work that they've done to go and do a job that they could have done anyway. Nothing wrong with stacking shelves, obviously, but it's two completely different sides of the the book, isn't it? You've got, you know, Mm -hmm. you do work really hard to get this degree and this vocation. And then you go, I've had that much of enough that I'm just going to go and do a job that I could have done 10 years ago and been happier. And I think that's the hard thing when you're a student is you're seeing that play out in front of your eyes and you're going, am I going to waste any more of my life doing this? Do I really want to go down this road and waste any more of my time doing this when I could go and do another job for probably about the same money and then have none of this? But then again, it's that calling. It's that, oh, I can't step away from it. That's what what I mean. You've stepped into it as well at the worst time and you still, you know, you had that gap year, but you've still come back. Yeah. So yeah. it's, I always uh, say that's my biggest regret, starting yeah. it so soon. I'd, I really wish I would have waited a few years till the kids were older, a bit more independent, mm. and it wasn't, you know, there'll still be mum guilt, but not as much. Yeah, but the, <laughs> but the thing about it, people like you are needed. I know that these the easier option is, you know, is... And I think that's not even the easier option. It's for your your mental health. It's for your mental well-being, yeah. which will have a huge knock-on effect with your partner, with your family, with your work colleagues, with your social life. You know, you you suffer from mental health issues. The detrimental of knock-on effect that it, ha- it will have on your life yeah. is is not worth it. I would no. say that to anyone. You know, yeah. be you know, know what you're getting into. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but some people are you know mentally strong some people can get through these tough times but Mm. there doesn't seem to be enough support for that no there's very little support is there yeah i think i think there was um last year you're supported you're not you know you can you can you can fall back on someone and you know or or an organization or a thing where they can just go yeah it's almost the mentality of this will either like pick you up chew you spit you out or you'll fight your way through it yeah, that, that's what it, that's, that's what it's it like and it's like you've kind of got to put on this brave face almost to get through it and yeah, if you do right. seek support right. it, you know they've got all the posters on the walls in the toilet all of that I stuff know. that yeah. you think really well, yeah there's an email address for it it's as bad as virtual yeah. signaling isn't it it's like it's like yeah. what, and i want someone present i want someone yeah. i want someone emotionally connected i want someone that, that understands i yeah. want someone i want psychological support this, you know mm-hmm what we're going through I want I want someone who's going to be there on my shoulder when I when I when we go through this fucking yeah. shit storm yeah yeah but when you get through it and you're on your fucking knees crying in your kitchen yeah. that's yeah. fucking not right yeah. it's not right on anyone's standards male female you name it it's, it's not right and no. again the sacrifice is just not worth it um and something needs to change it something does. needs to happen because this is our future generation as well. These are our children. You know, I I could go, I could talk to you for hours because I know you know the complications in childbirth is leading to more you know complications in children yeah. and you know the whole that whole knock on effect for for future generations is not looking good. 
No. And I'm scared. I've, I've got a daughter and I'm scared for her if she chooses to have children. You know, I'm worried. And, and that's part of the motivation to make it better. Yeah. But I think it's a very firm slap in the face when you realise that actually just me is not going to make a difference no. here. No. It's going to take, you know, I'm quite a determined person. I'm yeah, quite like, I'm going to go eyes. in and I'm going to make mm-hmm. a massive difference. And I think my partner's even said he's washed, he's watched it almost wash away from me. And, you know, seeing it just sort of disintegrate from the person you love must be really hard for him. Oh, absolutely. You know, to, absolutely. to see that sort of that motivation and that mm-hmm. passion just sort of be yeah, drained from you. Drained, yeah. yeah it is, drained. It's, it's like, and you see it in practice as well. Yeah, you see it's it with like, the It's like you've you, you, you got that little sump plug and it's just slowly, you mm. know, it's just draining you from the, from the inside out. Yeah. And that's what people, and that's, that's the, 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 the scary thing about it. It's the outside that goes last. Yeah. Right? But it yeah, is. Yeah, and you pull true. that sump plug and it's like everything. No one yeah, sees so what true. goes on inside right. and it just, some, it just drains you. And all you're left with is a shell. Yeah. Right, as a shell, and then what do you do? You just, you know, what are you going to do with a shell? You got, you got to take yourself out of that situation and and do something else to 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 mm. top yourself back up. Yeah, to make yourself, you know, to get that that positive energy back in you to make yourself feel good. Yeah. To, for you, you know, there's a lot of alcohol dependence <laughs> in any mm. any medical mm. profession. Yeah. you know, a lot of alcohol dependence, drug use in yeah. some cases, mm-hmm. just to get yourself through. I mean, obviously, the suicide rate within doctors mm-hmm. that was highlighted uh, maybe a year ago. It's, it's still it's happening with midwives. It's happening yeah. with nurses, and you oh, can I know see that, I know this, I know people. And again, I'm not mentioning any names, mm-hmm. and I'm not quoting this. Isn't a, a statistic, but they sink a couple of bottle, bottles of wine. Mm-hmm. Go, I'm sink a couple. Of, you know, and they're not saying they've got, but you know, you know, even to sink one bottle of wine a night. Yeah, you, you, that's yeah. from from my eyes. You know, that's that's well. What are you trying to numb? What are you trying to hide? Yeah. What are you trying to, you know? But they need that in order to. Yeah. Well, it's almost the joke. You need gin to get through your degree. That that's almost the joke. Is it? Yeah. It's like, well, what are you doing tonight? Having a gin. Yeah. It's like it's almost that. You know, and and there's lots of midwives on mental health medication as well and Mm -hmm. stuff like that, trying to get themselves through. But it it was it it was a joke. You know, Mm -hmm. I've seen people say it used to be funny. It used to be funny that okay, you get your pin, you also get a packet of whatever brand is i don't know what they're called but like medication mm-hmm. for your anxiety yeah, yeah it was you. a joke but there's midwives now coming out going it's not funny anymore no. because it's a reality it's real yeah. it's happening and it's not a joke mm-hmm. because it's not only now affecting the midwives it's now affecting the families the babies and, and no one's listening the government what needs to change listening. i think that it's going to take a lot and it's going to take a long time especially mm-hmm. now i feel like we're is it too late Sometimes I feel like it is. I feel like it's too late for the NHS period at the moment. But I feel like with extra staff in, like I say, it's not about the money, Mm -hmm. but the money will help retain the staff. And if the staff are retained, they're able to then train more midwives coming in to a better standard. And hopefully that will have a positive knock on effect. Yeah, a positive knock. And again, a change in culture. It will make Mm. people happier, Mm. I hope. that. But also it will reignite that, that midwife back in the day. And I keep... Where you want, you know, you look at the midwives and they're happy mm. and they're cheerful and they love their job yeah. and they love, you know, they love that human interaction, love that human connection, that emotional side. Yeah. You know, that shone through 20 odd years ago. Yeah. You know, it's, it was like, you know, yeah. but now it's like, why would anyone want to go into that job knowing mm. that they're going to go into into hell? They're going to go, you know, yeah. they're going to go straight into the lion's den, yeah. as, you, as you said. And it's true. Yeah. You know, there's no... There's, Oh God, there's almost 
you think to yourself, why would anyone do that? What? Where's the Where's the motivation there? Where's yeah. the there's little apart no. from, it, from there, are highlights. there are highlights yeah you know, of course you, of course you manage to give good care that day and you mm -hmm. feel like you leave feeling oh my god like had the most amazing birth the the parents were elated there was a healthy baby mm -hmm. we sent them off home those days are incredible mm -hmm. but those days for me as a student are definitely very limited you know i can't speak on behalf of shame. midwives but for me as a student those are very limited so you get a day like that and you're on a high you're on like cloud nine mm -hmm. for ages because you're like oh my god and then you get a card from that family and you're like that means mm -hmm. so much you know you get that card that says thank you so much and you're like oh my god this is why i'm doing it i've even got a plaque on my sideboard at home from a, a mum that bought me that plaque and it stays there mm -hmm. because that made me feel more valued than mm -hmm. the uni and the trust put together mm -hmm. just from that one mum to be able to say thank you so much for what you did that's why we're there those little glimmers of hope are why you stay i think do you know what no. i can see the stress in your eyes i can mm. see the pressure i can see i can see a lot in your eyes but i can also see the compassion i can see mm. the drive i can see the the emotion in there yeah. i can see the want i can see all, all sorts of emotions <laughs> and they're all muddled up in there you know it's it's yeah. but i can but Spending time with you, mm. I can see that, you know, people like you are needed. Thanks. You know, you're, you're, you're wanted, you know. Yeah. It's, it's, um, and it's a shame to see, you know, and I'm just speaking to, to one, one person, you know, a student midwife, you know, midwives across the board. Mm. You know, it'd be a shame to see them just up and go and, and something needs to change. The government need to fucking buck their ideas up. Yeah. They need to start really treating um, these cases as 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 people, as a, you know, because it is that emotional connection that we spoke to, rather than just the process and the, yeah. and and uh, and the system. Mm. I think there's certain things that fit the system absolutely mm -hmm. one hundred percent, but not everything. You know, it's, and what I speak about on my podcast are things that don't necessarily fit the system. Mm. I've spoken to you know, prison officers, firefighters, policemen. Mid, um, student midwives, uh, mm. NHS workers, and, you know, yeah, there's a, there's a system that's in place, but then that needs to be sort of diluted down into that personal sort of structure, doesn't it? Like yeah. it used to be that personal yeah. Bobby on the beat, that personal midwife, you know, giving yeah. taking, but that personal prison officer that's got that one to one connection with the with the uh, with with the, with the inmate, yeah. you know, it's it's, it's rather than just go, no, we're not teaching you to read and write tonight, you know, it's. It's that I think that's seriously lacking. I think that's being taken out of society through this system, through this tick boxing exercise where it's like, no, no, you know, yeah. that personal aspect of of society and and that sense of community is really being being torn apart. And is, I think yeah. I think that needs to be really, really established. Mm -hmm. um, and I think from the ground up, yeah, you know, we we right. tend to be going from you know from from government down it yeah. doesn't fucking because they haven't got a fucking clue they don't have a clue they, have they? <laughs> they haven't got they haven't got a clue no and they? it really aggravates <coughs> me when you hear them speak and you think you've just got no and no clue yeah no you idea you come in and you shake a few hands and you leave that's that's yeah. about as close as you get to the reality because let's yeah. face it you'll pay for private health care yeah oh None yeah of you oh yeah in the no NHS, of course even if you course. pretend to yeah you're not really, yeah but the you? thing about it is you know even the private health it, you're still getting the same midwives that are on the wards. You're still getting the same yeah. doctors that are at the GPs. You're not, you're not going to get a better, you know, why? But you, you will get what you ask for. You will get mm. treated how, 
why should that why should that cost money it shouldn't it shouldn't, it shouldn't. should it? it it shouldn't and it should you know every woman is entitled to have a baby how every she chooses woman to have is her entitled baby. to have a baby Safely. as she chooses yeah. and they're, and they're not getting, being given that choice and it's it's horrible mm -hmm. because you can't facilitate what that woman wants mm -hmm. you're having to go sorry it's shut tonight mm -hmm. you can't have your water birth and then she breaks down and you're like what can I do about that? I can't help you because it's not down to me. There are midwives in the back going, no, come on, we're going to open it. We're going to make this happen. Then they're going, sorry, we haven't got the staff. Mm -hmm. Comes from above again. But it's all down to funding, resources. It's mm -hmm. not enough resources. You know, you're no, constantly running around trying to find mm -hmm. a sonic aid, which is what you're listening to the baby. Trying to find one of them is like gold dust. Really? <laughs> and you just think we haven't even got the basic resources really? to be able to care for these women. Mm. And it, it, that's minimal. Like that's mm. the, that should be the bare minimum. You should at least have your resources. Oh, well, and you look at the that. overpopulation of the country as well. Oh, yeah. You know, that we can, that we can well. go, that's another podcast. But mm -hmm. you go into the overpopulation of the country, people having children. You know, people coming. You know, abroad because our system, the NHS, mm -hmm. is there to to have to have children, which yeah. is they do. You know, it's it's not a, an uncommon thing. Uh, to um, and you know, rightly so. People, you know. People come over because they want um, better births, and yeah. but the, I think you know we're really, really struggling at the moment. The yeah. NHS is on its knees, it is. Um, and I just wish that they would listen to people mm. on on the shop floor. Yeah, this is what I always say, uh, and the conclusion always comes to the same: listen to the people on the shop mm. floor that are there. You know, take that into account, form that yeah. community, and uh, then the, again fund. From the from the that's all they should be doing from the top down is is funding yeah and you know but listening to the people on the ground yeah. I hope that you don't go off because no. again I can see it in your eyes that you yeah. it is your calling and I see a lot a lot of a lot of stuff in in your eyes but I can see a very very good person I can see <laughs> a very emotional compassionate person and yeah. someone that wants to make a difference. Yeah. And I can honestly, honestly see that. Um, so I would, I would say, keep at it, keep doing what you're doing, yeah. Thank you. um, keep, keep making a difference, keep changing lives, and keep yeah. saving lives because the uh, the problem I think is just gonna get worse before it gets better. Yeah, it does feel like that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's been great having you on. No, it's Thank been you great for for, Thank for you. coming on, and hopefully. In a couple of years' time, when you're a midwife, fucking have it again. <laughs> Maybe. Well, we can we'll go see. unanimous. <laughs> no, listen, it's been an absolute pleasure. No, it's been a Thank pleasure. you so Thank much. You. Thank, Thank you. you.